It's time for the Juice Box Junkies, an independent Houston Astros podcast. All Astros, all the time. Astros news, analysis, and opinions right here on the Juice Box Junkies. Episode 9 of the Juice Box Junkies, Marty Coleman from Kyle, Texas. With us today in the top right, Christian Espinosa, Seattle, Washington. Same, The background is the same, Christian, so I'm assuming you're in the same place this week. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in Washington this week. All right. You're not repping the Mariners, are you? Your hat's turned around backward. We can't tell. No, this is my master's alma mater, the oh. Arizona State Sun Devils. There you known, go. Known for their known <laughs> for their uh, educational programs. Most yeah, definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> and from Dallas, Texas, Matt Uncle Kunkel. I just made that up, Matt. I used to know a guy with the last name Kunkel. We called him Uncle Kunkel. That's your name, at least for now. That works. That works. And <laughs> from Virginia, the only guy on this podcast who has faced Justin Verlander and whiffed. Just like 117 Nationals did today in four innings, it's Brian Dunleavy. How's it going, Brian? It is cold. I just, it's not happy out here. Below freezing temperatures the past two nights. It's funny because I uh, I went to Clemson. I saw Clemson play University of Pittsburgh last weekend. 43 degrees. Uh, a little bit of rain mixed in there. They were miserable. They didn't score any runs. Mm. Pittsburgh was running around in short sleeves like, you know, like it was the middle of the summer. <laughs> they were running around the bases too. So, yeah, your part of the country up there is uh, still having a little cold snap. Fellas, we're not going to talk about the collective bargaining agreement today. We're going to talk about baseball. Now, it's spring training baseball but it's baseball nonetheless, right? And and in the Slack channel, uh, some of us are having an opportunity to watch some of these games while we're in our <coughs> conference calls and uh, uh, <laughs> asking each other questions about what's going on and, and what's happening. What I know from today is Justin Verlander looked like mid-season form Justin Verlander. Jeremy Pena looked like a major league shortstop. Chaz McCormick got a couple hits. We'll talk about Chaz in a couple minutes. But let's start with the bigger picture from spring training as a whole. Christian, um, we got, what, uh, nine days to go until the season kicks off, the regular season, when the games start counting. Your take on spring training so far as a whole? Uh, I, think it's, I, I, I think it's been interesting. Obviously, we've got a little bit of a shortened one, so things are starting to – we're seeing a lot more packed into this than we normally would. I think our – you know – at this point during normal spring training, we would have already been seeing guys that we don't typically see out there. But today, if you watch the game, I mean, a lot of starters were out there. Tucker was out there and, um, you know, obviously Verlander's getting stretched out. And so I think we're getting to see uh, a better abbreviated version of spring training uh, that we normally get to see uh, in sense that we get to see the players that, you know, are big league guys. Um, but I also think that's a little bit of a detriment to some of the other young guys that have already been kind of shipped out and shipped off to, to their uh, respective camps um, that wouldn't have normally got the, the face time with, you know, a guy like Hunter Brown, who's, you know, gets to sit and spend, you know, extended months 
or extended month or so with Justin Verlander and stuff like that. I mean, obviously there's some crossover a little bit, but not not to the extent that it was. So I think there might be some, um, and, and that could be even league wide of a fall off, fall off of, you know, some maturing and, and uh, sort of development in that aspect. Yeah. Today we were talking before we hit record and today we started seeing more of the actual lineup that we're going to see hopefully starting next Thursday. And we'll talk about what order those guys may end up in in a few minutes, but Matt, what's your takeaway from spring training so far? I mean, life goes on after no more Carlos Correa. I I had a hard time believing it myself, but um, I I think it's got to, the story's got to lead with Verlander looking great coming back from TJ and, and Pena. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're, propping him up like he's going to be a superstar. I hear stories all over the place where they, they're saying he's going to be great. It seems like, you know, it seems like he's going to be good. So, I mean, there, there's some excitement, I, I think. Um, as excited as you could be um, in an offseason where you lose Carlos Correa. Yeah, it's not going to be Correa, but from all looks, it's going to be not so bad. It's early. Things could happen. You know, could start out a one for 28 or whatever Alex Bregman started out. Who knows? But that's part of the excitement, right? Um, unfortunately, it may not be good excitement. It may be uh, not knowing. So kind of interesting. Brian Dunleavy, your takeaway from early spring training. Uh, I mean, I think like everybody was saying, the, you know, the guys are looking good. It looks like they're uh, getting into form here. I just have, uh, you know, a little bit of concern and you know i'm no big league manager or anything but you know if you are we have five games left in the spring training season if you will and um you know a lot of the guys have maybe played one or two games total and if you're looking at you know putting together some uh chemistry let's say in the middle infield between Pena and altuve or you're, you're looking at you know getting uh you know some of the other guys work in center field um, nobody's really gotten any. It's been jazz pretty much the whole time. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But you know, they, I think Dusty's kind of sitting in sitting in a little groove and just throwing throwing guys out there and seeing what happens and not worried about uh, you know the team gelling as much. But uh, I think the biggest question going into these next five games is who who gets the two extra slots you know, for the first month of the season. I think that's a great question that uh, we'll have to figure out here in the next week. Well, if Chaz has been starting all of the games, and I haven't paid much attention to the details, he only had nine at-bats going into today, uh, 12 after today. I don't know how many walks he has, but um, I don't think any or many, But because uh, that's not his game. But that it is very concerning that they, they're not going to get the usual – number of at-bats for the whole team. But I guess that's going to go for the entire league, right, as we talked about a little bit of shortened spring training. And let's talk about – first, let's start off talking about the obvious, right? No more Carlos Correa. He's now a Minnesota twin. Uh, The shortstop apparently is going to be Jeremy Pena. My unprofessional take or not a scout take is he looks pretty good. He looks like he can handle himself. Um he has tools, obviously, but as Brian was alluding to, he led me right into it. The defense and the throws that you saw from Carlos Correa, it's not going to be the same. It can't be the same uh, for a rookie. Carlos Correa didn't look like that when he was a rookie. Um, so I just hope that the hopes are contained and he's not criticized too much for not being Correa. He can't be Correa. 
But one of the things we've seen recently and, and heard is that Dusty Baker does not want a Jose Altuve to lead off. Um, apparently, that's Chaz McCormick is not an option, and we'll get to more from about Chaz in a couple of minutes when we talk about center field. But somebody's got to lead off. Are they going to put the pressure on this young kid with zero major league at bats to not only play shortstop and replace Carlos Correa, but bat leadoff? Christian, what are your thoughts? I mean, what other option do you have? I mean, it, it, Jeremy Pena is your, your starting starting shortstop at this point. Uh, maybe it's a, an experiment that you run out. I, I just don't – I just – I find it hard to believe that uh, you, you couldn't put anybody but Altuve there. Uh, I, I know that's not where they want him. And, and obviously, if we had George Springer still on this team, there would be no doubt that – Altuve is better suited further down in the lineup, but it's just, I don't, I don't see an alternative. And uh, my, my, my big thing that I, um, I, I'm kind of thinking about at least with, with Pena specifically is uh, he, he has kind of had a meteoric rise, like, uh, and, and obviously Correa, Correa's potential exit really got the, the organization, gassed on his development and i he, i think he is going to struggle a lot more than the team and everyone seems to believe i mean i, I think it was jose altuve was talking in the in the locker room like he's going to be a superstar like he he's, he's he's carries himself like a he's got the swagger he's got that great attitude you know he's in hitting coaches are like he's he's got really great twitch he's he's fast he's you know i there's that that uh Space Cowboys, I guess now, uh, video. He, he did, had it hit it inside the park home run last season. I mean, he's, he's got all the tools there. I think it's just how fast he's moved through the system that he's going to get really thrown into the mix, and I don't think it's going to go well. They may try it. I don't think they have another choice at the moment before, the, and maybe if that's what they ultimately want, Altuve, but I think if they don't start with Altuve leadoff, they'll end up with him leadoff. So, um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great. I think it, I think you, I think you have a little bit of a little time to to give him a shot. I, I don't think you can give him too long of a uh, uh, time at that at that. It, this is a team trying to win the division, and it's the division's gotten tighter. Our our team is is not as strong as it was, you know, a month ago. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I give I say give him a shot, but keep the leash short, you know. Understood, Matt Kunkel, your take on Jeremy Pena not only being the shortstop replacing Carlos Correa, but also beating the leadoff batter. Hey, well, defensively, it's nice to have a safety blanket with Aledmus Diaz and, and uh, another veteran, Nico Goodrum, uh, Brian's favorite player, to, <laughs> to you know, lean on. Uh, as far as leading, uh, leading off, I mean, I, mean, I too, miss the days of uh, Springer leading to Altuve. I, you know, I... It seems like the way they're speaking about Jeremy Pena, they may give him that opportunity. I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Um, I think he'll, you know, if, if I were Dusty, if I were Dusty, put on my Dusty hat, I'd probably start him on the lower half, or you know, the, the lower third of the lineup and see if he can pick it up. But like, like what Christian said, like other than Altuve, I don't know what other options you have. I mean, I like the idea of maybe having Tucker there because he's he's quick. He seems to 
stay longer in, in, uh, in the counts, but I, then you miss out on your righty lefty combinations in the middle of the heart of the lineup. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be Altuve, but hopefully Pena can, um, you know, continue this, this rise. And I think if, if that's the case and he's a good contact hitter and he's not, you know, he, he's not taking first swing, uh, fly outs like Altuve sometimes does. I think he'd be a good, um, you know, lead off hitter for the Astros. What about a 39-year-old batting champ leading off Brian Dunleavy? <laughs> What's your take on the uh, Pena at shortstop and leading off potentially? Well, I think, you know, I think Pena's shown that he has a defensive skill set that is, you know, going to be uh, pretty fun to watch. And, and he's going to be definitely uh, close to the same as Correa. He doesn't quite have the arm, as we talked about before. He doesn't quite have the arm that Correa has, so he might not be able to to host some guys on those deep balls in the, you know, outfield essentially when Correa gets the ball. But, uh, but I think he, he'll be able to get the balls pretty quickly and, and, and fill in the gaps, you know, defensively, I don't think we're losing too much at all. I don't think there's much of a fall off. However, I think the, the big fall off comes at the, at the plate, you know, as we're, as we're talking about, Um, you know, one of the, one of the, big things and I was hoping he'd get a lot more ABs, you know, going to into the season in spring training, you know, he's like we talked about and Matt mentioned he's, you know, no major league at bats. I mean, I, I would start him against any prospective major league pitcher in spring training. So he at least gets to see a bunch of, you know, major league guys throwing at him instead of triple A pitchers just to get him the experience and at bats. Sure. You want to look at the other guys as a position, but at least get him one or two at bats to start the game and, and, and go from there. Um, but I, you know, I think, I, I don't think he'll be the leadoff guy. I don't, um, foresee that happening. I see, I, I think Dusty Baker is going to go back to his, his roots a little bit and he's going to put him at the nine hole and, and put Maldonado at eight and, you know, get the quick guy in the nine spot to, to maybe lead off and, and, and come around on the, in the front side. And then, <clears throat> Yeah, I really think it, it'll be Altuve because I don't, again, going back to the Correa's talk, I, I don't believe anything the Astros are saying right now. Um, but, uh, well, you know, to, just to say that it's not Altuve, we'll, we'll throw that out there. Let's say it's not him. There, there's only two other options, and that's going to be Brantley, which is your best option at the at the leadoff spot, the high average guy, good contact hitter, um, and, you know, a little speed, not not too much in his you know, older playing years, but uh, but you know he's probably the best option. And then, then you they'll have another rookie out there in the center field, probably. You know, so um, I, I I think most likely if it's not Altuve, it's going to be Brantley, and if it's not either of those guys, it's going to be Pena, and he's just going to get thrown into the fire. Um, but right now, looking at and the spring training stats, I, I don't want to say that they mean nothing, but looking at his current spring training stats, he's striking out a heck of a lot, and you don't want that for your leadoff guy. Um, in eight at-bats, he struck out three times. So not um, and not counting today's game. But, you know, that's not a good stat for your, your number one guy to get on, on there. You're basically having Altuve lead off that, in that way anyways, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, uh, which you which – excuse me one second, Matt. I was just going to say what you said was what I was told in high school – and when I was put in the ninth, nine hole, you're my second leadoff hitter. So I've heard that one before. <laughs> I've heard that before. Okay, Matt, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to say, like, this is this will be an interesting experience for Astro fans because, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of a comp. Like, 
who was the starting shooting guard for the Bulls a year after Jordan retired? Like, are, are we going to really be – we got to temper expectations of what a 24-year-old rookie can produce, you know, once we have a, a platinum glove, all-star, super superstar world champion leave our team. I, I, I'm hoping – I'm hoping uh, he doesn't lead off the start and we don't have this expectation that he's going to produce like George Springer and play defense like Carlos Correa. Let's, let's give him a fair shot at uh, you know, earning his role in the team. Yeah, and I would, I would say too with that, you know, I, I 100% agree. And I think he might even earn the leadoff spot halfway through the season if he plays well enough. But to start off the season, I don't, I don't think it's a realistic expectation to, to put him in that. I don't think that's fair. Well, in reality, that's what happened in center field, right? You didn't lose all of the production when George Springer left, but it wasn't George Springer. I mean, it wasn't the same as George Springer. So I think the Astros are facing a similar kind of thing at shortstop. Christian, I know your time with us is limited, and you wanted to talk about the rotation. So let's let's jump to the rotation discussion right now. So we found out recently, apparently, that Christian Javier is going to end up in the bullpen despite his abilities as a starter, I believe he should be starting over Jake Odorizzi. I know there are some here that feel differently than that. And while I respect that decision, it kind of feels like to me, and you and I were talking for the other guys jumped on, I'll let you tell them what we were saying, but it kind of feels like to me that Javier's being penalized because he has a skill as a long man that, Jake Odorizzi doesn't have. Um, now, if you ask me, Odorizzi doesn't have a lot of starting skill, but, you know, okay, beside the point. Um, I don't understand. It's like he's getting penalized. And so the question is, what has to happen for Christian Javier to get into the after starting rotation? He doesn't, period. I think the Astros are done with him as a starter. I think that's it. I, I mean, not that's and it, it was never – anything that he did wrong. Christian Javier was more than fine prior to that. It ended up that we had a pitching surplus and we just did one of these guys was going to have to move. We just signed a Rizzi to, a, you know, 12 million or 13 million a year. He's not going to go. He's not going to sit on the bench. Uh, and so Christian Javier is just, he's just a, somebody that's wrong, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, he he's he's been solid, uh, you know, between the last two seasons, three five three ERA, uh, I think a one twenty three ERA plus. Like he's doing fine. Like it, it's just, I just think the team is sees his value as in that long relief, middle relief role. And he, ha- I mean, and, and throughout the season last year, he did come through and um, really kind of dig some out. I mean, some you know, everyone had a questionable. Uh, relief appearance last year is definitely towards the middle of the season, but um, you know, he was strong. I mean, he still has a 10.6 K per nine. Like he's, he's, he's really, really good. Uh, but I just don't see him moving back into the starting role. I think that the, with, especially with younger guys, like, you know, Hunter Brown looking like Justin Verlander's baby brother or <laughs> other baby brother. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Forrest Whitley, you know, working on his comeback and, and I, I just don't see 
a place where Christian even fits into the rotation moving into the future. And so, you know, you're paying Oda Rizzi $13 million. He's not going to sit on the bench. He's going to, he's going to be in there. He's going to eat innings. He's going to throw five innings a game. If he gets six, it's great. If he keeps his ERA under four and a half, you're, he's, you know, I think we're okay. As I mean, now we can't roll that into the postseason, but we didn't this last year either. So, you know, obviously injuries kind of, uh, uh, kind of derailed that. But generally, I think that as the rotation stands today without Lance McCullers, Christian Javier is just not going to be a part of it. If if he if this was his shot, this was would be his shot if he was going to get back into the rotation, and it's just not going to happen. So I think he's done. I think he's done as a starter with the Astros. So here's my take on that. If you're paying him twelve or thirteen million, you're going to pay him twelve or thirteen million either way, whether he's sitting on the bench or starting. Do you want to lose games because you decided to pay him thirteen million dollars? I don't. I don't understand. I mean, in one hand, I understand you're paying the guy. You want to get something out of it, but you're. It's almost like you're. You've made a mistake, and now you're going to compound it. In my, you know, and and I'm not a. I'm not an Odorizzi believer. Um, and I don't believe Javier's a good reliever, but he's not as effective as a reliever as he is as a starter. So I think you're getting the worst of both um, both ends of that deal. Yeah, I mean, I think there's 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 something to be said that he's not a high leverage guy, but he does eat innings when a, a starter gets in trouble, right? Fair, and you need enough. that; it's valuable, and he can he can bridge the gap to that Mateson, Stanek, Presley, uh, you know group that's going to be closing out the bullpen. And I think without him uh, in that role, I don't, I don't know who you look to else otherwise that you could re- you just confidently be like, or, or Hector Neris too, sorry, who, who is probably be the setup man or setup man 2.0. But, um, but Oda Rizzi, like I, yeah, you're right. I mean, he has no value in the bullpen. He's not a, but, but he also came into spring super late. He was he coming off an injury year I mean, this, he's getting a, you know, kind of got a short uh, kind of run. I think he, he didn't even have his first start until almost April. So, um, you know, I think I think this is just the best position that you can move these particular pieces. Uh, yeah, I'd love to have something better in, the, in that, but I just – I don't think it works out that way. I mean, it's a fair enough point about – about the role that Javier plays, especially when you get to August and September, everybody's got, you know, 120, 130, 140 innings. Uh, you're trying to save innings for the Garcias of the world and the Urquides and, and that. So appreciate your time, Christian. Just drop whenever you have to drop, go ahead and drop. And we'll talk to you next week, hopefully. All right. Uh, Matt Kunkel, your thoughts on the rotation, the Odorizzi Javier conundrum. Well, I, I, I think Christian's right how it is right now. I, I think that's going to be set. But I, I don't think it's done for him. I, I honestly think, you know, this season, at least in the first half, they're going to – they want to make sure Odorizzi is worth the money as in he's a back-the-end rotation guy that can eat up innings. I think Javier is going to end up starting. I mean, we've, already, we've, we've talked about how – you know, rotations don't tend to be fully healthy all all year long, and you know, and we even talked about some other players that may see some regression, namely Luis Garcia. I think Oder, I think um, Javier is going to get some starts. I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's more contingent on okay between Oder Izzy and Javier. Yeah, you, you got to justify the contract a little more, and 
He's got more starts under his belt. Let's see if he can have a bounce back. I think he is going to have a bounce back, but I, I don't I don't think this just means Javier is going to be our long reliever. I I think there's going to be other avenues for him getting uh, getting in the rotation. And it's probably just going to be uh, availability. Uh, you know, spot starts where he ends up kind of pushing his way up. I, I think he's going to get that, but it's just not going to start in April. Okay, Brian Dunleavy. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, I think Odorizzi is, is here to stay. Uh, you know, they're paying him way too much money for what he's worth. He's, you know, career four um, ERA. Um, he had <clears throat> a couple of good seasons, one in 2019 at three and a half and 2015 at 3.35. And I definitely say he's here to stay because, um, you know, guess which team he was on in between 2013 and 2017. That's right, the Tampa Bay Rays. So <laughs> they're not going to get rid of him just for that fact alone, you know. Even if his middle name was Ray, they wouldn't get rid of him. So, um, so <laughs> with that in, in mind, I think, you know, what we're saying, though, is, is true. I think, um, I think Javier is going to be the guy that's next up. And if somebody gets hurt, if, uh, you know, Garcia falters, if Arkady falters, either of those guys, you know, have a, a worse than expected string of starts. He might, he might fill in here and there and, and see if he can do any better. I, you know, I think honestly <clears throat> by mid season, he's either traded or he's, he's going to be one of the starters. It's, you know, one or the other. And unfortunately I think it's going to be another situation where he's the guy that's, that's traded off the team. And I can't even, I had the name in, in my head and it's gone now, but you know, similar to the past where the Astros have traded a, you know, starting, starting pitcher prospect guy on their team and he gets to the other team and, and his lights out, uh, you know, on the team that he goes to because he actually gets an opportunity to, to pitch regularly. So um, I, unfortunately I think that's probably what's going to happen to him, but I'd love to see him stay. I think he's got great stuff and, and I, I like him. Almost over, and I really like Urquidy. I almost like him over Urquidy or Garcia because of just the you know the versatility that he brings with the, the variety of pitches. And those two guys have a more you know streamlined approach to at bats. Yeah, I just I, I and I'll leave with this. I'm repeating myself, but I just not don't understand. It's thirteen million dollars either way, or whatever the number is. It's done. It's gone. You're you're like. You're saying I did something stupid, so let me let me make it worse, kind of thing, right? Let me uh, start him and maybe not, maybe win two less games this year, or three or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know. Okay, happens, here, happens all the time. Unfortunately, that's the, yeah. you know that's the way it is. Major League Baseball and college baseball the same thing. Well, I'm not gonna not gonna play the guy I didn't give the full full ride to <laughs> at Clemson. I'm gonna you know over the bench guy. So, you know, same same concept, different uh, thing. But I think. I would love to see if they had a different, you know, if Jeff Luno was was back and, you know, risen from the grave, he'd probably trade him, you know, or has already traded him during the winter. But that's not going to yeah. happen, I don't think. Most, like, it, see, it seems like most of the time those those aren't – those situations don't happen on teams that are in the World Series for, you know, three out of five years and have a world – you know, those are happening for the Baltimore Orioles where they paid somebody – you know, $25 million a year to hit 196 or whatever it is. So um, I just kind of find it unique. Okay. Before we run out of time, I did want to talk about center field and I do have a rant as I put on our Slack channel. My rant (laughs) is Dusty Baker talking about Chaz McCormick. Now before today, 
Chaz McCormick was 0 for 9 with seven strikeouts. Seven strikeouts. <laughs> and today he was 2 for 3, and the third one supposedly was hit hard. I didn't see it, but uh, that's what Dusty said. So here's my deal. The guy had 284 at-bats last year as a rookie, hit 14 home runs, had 50 RBIs, um, and struck out 32.5% of the time. Sounds like a lot. People talk about Chaz striking out. Well, the other Wonderkin center fielder that's injured right now, their numbers are almost exactly the same. Christian and I were talking about this before we hit record. 257 for McCormick, 260 for Myers. The uh, on-base percentage is within three or four points. The slugging percentage, uh, Chaz is a little bit higher slugging percentage. They're exactly the same statistically. But Myers, even strikeouts, Myers strikes out 30.6% of the time. Both of them are over 30%. Over 600 at-bat season, theoretically, Chaz would strike out whoop-de-doo 12 more times. I, so one of them is the center fielder of the future, and one of them gets railed by the manager after nine spring at-bats after he proved he could hit in 284 at-bats last year. Now, Brian, I know you've told me, and you're you're much more experienced hitter than I am, he has a hole in his swing. He is going to strike out. We know that, right? We understand that. But so did Jake Myers. Chaz is also going to hit home runs. Nobody's saying he's going to be your leadoff batter in bat 315. But I think the guy proved he deserves more than nine at-bats. Reading the tea leaves, I think Chaz is going to be on a very short leash in center field if he even starts at all, I'm starting to think they're trending toward um, Siri and Brinson. We know Dusty likes Siri, and you know um, Brinson's having a little bit of a spring, right? So I'm reading the tea leaves. Chad's on a short leash. I don't understand it. The guy's done nothing. He can play all three outfield positions, play them all well. I was not a Dusty lover, but I understood and and could see where he's coming from on some of these things. Brian, I know you're less less so inclined to enjoy Dusty. I'm starting to come on to your bandwagon. So please, for the love of God, tell me why they're doing this to Chaz. I know that all the fans want to trade him except for me, but why are they doing this to Chaz? And you said it on the last podcast we have. If they play uh, uh, Brinson uh, or it's a good room. If they play those guys, one of those guys in center field, the Astros aren't going to win. I agree 100%. They need Jake Myers back, but until then, Chaz should be able to hold down 50 games. Whew. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I don't. I have. I, I have no faith uh, whatsoever in Jose Siri. Uh, I think he's fast, and I think he he wants to hit a home run every time he swings the bat. And I think that's all I can say about Jose Siri. I, his defensive skills are poor, um, and he showcased that multiple times last season. Um, I think one time he almost got hit in the head with the ball because he dove. It was just, you know, like, yeah, he did. you know, yeah. come on. He almost, he almost so, wrecked Tucker, too. He almost wrecked Tucker. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I do not like Jose Siri whatsoever. I do not see what anybody who likes Jose Siri sees in him. I, I really don't. I, you know, looking at him, I would, I would take, certainly I would take, Chaz over him and Brinson any day because I don't think you know I think both of those guys are at, at most a platoon guy on any other team and, and here we're talking about the potential world champion 
you know, Houston Astros and, and we're talking about starting guys that would platoon on any other big league club. I don't, I don't see that as reasonable. I, I agree with you. Give Chaz the ABs. I think um, he plays a pretty decent center field comparatively, um, you know, and I think he's going to be, he's going to be the guy. He has to be the guy that starts. Otherwise we're really up a Creek. If, if we have Jose Siri starting with Jeremy Pena, you're, you know, and Martin Maldonado, you're rounding out the bottom of the lineup there. And that, that does not look good. You know, it just doesn't look like it, you know, it should. So I, I don't see that as a good solution. I don't, I don't see either. I'm sorry. I think Chaz, I, if Chaz was 50 pounds heavier, he'd be dropping bombs. You know, he'd be that, he'd be the, the, you know, the 250 hitter that hits 35 home runs, 40 home runs in a season. But unfortunately, he, he plays center field. He's not that big. You know, he's not the, uh, you know, Cecil Fielder type, uh, if you will. But if he was, he, he would be – the way he swings the bat, that's what he would be. I think the the knock against Chaz, and I think this is why he he gets the, um, you know, this, the, the lower tier compared to Jake Myers is Jake Myers' season and his progression went up and Chaz opposite direction. And towards the end of the – end of his, uh, you know – season if you will starting in center field in july he just tanked and uh, i think a lot of uh, opposing teams that faced him multiple times saw w- what they had to do strike him out spin him up some curveballs and he'll swing right through them and and see you later so unless he impl- improves that point of his game which in in this shortened off season i don't think it has much of a chance to be improved um i think he's he's out as soon as jake myers is ready to go and, you know, and maybe even if he starts striking out like he's been this spring, he might even see Brinson in there or, or Siri because, uh, you know, Dustbag likes him so much um, that, you know, that, that, that could be. But I, I, I think your best shot is with Chaz, 100%. All right, a dust bag. So, uh, wow, <laughs> we're, we're letting it all hang out here on episode nine. You tune in for episode 10 because the losses will be piling up by then, right, fellas? So we'll be, we'll be having some actual baseball talk about. Matt Kunkel, your take on the center field position. Well, you know, I, I we talked about this on a prior podcast. I think the organization ranks the center fielders right now as Jake Myers, then Chaz, then Jose Siri. Um, so it's going to be a I think short term they're gonna it's gonna be dependent upon when Jake Myers is gonna return and then more in the long term, you know, you're looking at a guy like Pedro Leon, when is he gonna be ready? And I, I honestly here's my thought. I think Chad is gonna get a fair crack at playing center field. He's gonna start, he's gonna bat eight or ninth, and we'll we'll see how he does with the strikeout, see if he can adjust to big league pitchers adjusting to him because you know, the book's out on him how to get him out. But I think it's gonna be a play where you, you let him play, you get let him get at, at bat, prop his value up, and then you trade him. And then you, you slot in um, Jake Myers with Jose Siri, and maybe if Pedro Leon is ready or Lewis Brinson, who looks actually awesome in spring training. I'm going to try not to fall in love with guys that play well in spring training, but I've watched a few and I'm like, this guy's good. Um, so I, I mean, it's kind of like how they treated. Miles Straw, or yeah, I got it right. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was he was a speed guy. He played great defense, and like he's done everything to earn the spot. No, he gets traded. Um, he's going to play for the Guardians now. So I I think it's going to be a similar situation. I don't think 
Chaz is part of a long-term plan for the Astros, but I do think he is a starting center fielder in this league, and I think the Astros will either stick with him if he has a great season, or if they think it's you know he's kind of plateaued, they can find a home for him, kind of like they did with uh, Straw and Toro and some of these other great guys that have developed in the Astros system. Yeah, you know it's funny. It, this is. Uh... This is personal for me, as I put on Twitter. I didn't tell anybody it's personal, but you could tell from my tweet that there was somebody who had two hits in his first high school game and then overheard the coach asking the the guy that kept the book, hey, uh, how many hits did Coleman have? And I'm thinking, it's the first game of the season. It's not like you're trying to remember 30 games. I had two hits. You don't even remember that. I'm surprised you remember my name. But in my mind, I knew he was already try- looking for a reason to replace me, right? Which happened later in the year, by the way. But – and I deserved it. I deserved it, honestly. Um, uh, so in my mind, when I'm reading what Dusty's saying, he's like planting the seeds for somebody else to play center field, right? Whether that's game one, game five, game ten, whatever it is, it's somebody else. We know it's going to be Jake Myers when he gets back. That's not the question. The question is – until we get to Jake Myers. And that's why it was personal for me when I saw that. And I wanted to, to talk about it because it's obvious. Hit 284 bats mean zero to Dusty. It's the nine in spring training that he's focused on um, for Chaz. Not very good. Who knows? Maybe Chaz about 200 and he should be replaced and I'll be, I'll be on the other side of the fence. But right now, the guy's done nothing. And the nine at bats in spring don't mean anything to me. He's 0 for 9 in the first three games with seven strikeouts. We'll talk again. But until then, I'm on Chaz's side. Brian Dunleavy, Matt Kunkel, thank you so much. Also, Christian Espinoza. had to drop off, but thank you very much, guys. Episode 9 is in the books. Let's set a date for next week, and we'll be opening day, fellas. We need to do a Twitter Spaces, as I talked about. Let's work that in. All let's, right. Let's take out the halos on opening night. That's right. And Otani. home run for Jeremy Pena off Otani. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a text from the kid when he found out Otani was uh, starting opening day. I got the text. So looking forward to it, guys. Until next week, appreciate your time, and uh, I'll see you over on Climbing Towels Hill. Take it easy. Right. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Juice Box Junkies. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And join us for the next episode of Juice Box Junkies.